The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. Joining me today on Top of the Stretch is Dr. Margaret Mudge, the professor of equine surgery at the Ohio State Veterinary Medical Center. And Dr. Mudge, thanks for joining us today. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, what's on everybody's mind, the uh, COVID-19 virus. And first off, is there any evidence that the disease can spread to horses or other animals from people or from animals to people? Yeah, so that's a, a great question and one that animal owners are, are concerned about. And one of the concerns was raised in February where in Hong Kong a pet dog uh, came up with a weak positive um, to, to a COVID-19 test that was thought to have spread from infected people to the dog. However, there's no evidence that that dogs or other animals have become clinically affected with with COVID-19 and as of right now essentially what uh, what what the CDC and and the American Veterinary Medical Association are saying is that based on, on multiple infectious disease experts there's no evidence at this point to indicate that that animals horses dogs or, or other pets will become ill with COVID-19 or that they can spread COVID-19 to other animals, including people. That being said, now horsemen are trying their best to make sure that they don't contract the disease, but what advice do you have for horsemen that might end up contracting the disease? Yeah, this is clearly a source of, of anxiety for, for many of us, especially with a lot of a lot of horses under under your care. And obviously, first things first, contact your doctor and, and you know seek seek medical advice and attention. Uh, remain isolated. If you're feeling well and you are the only person responsible for your animals, it would be good ahead of time to come up with a contingency plan. But based on the knowledge that we have right now, your animals should be safe even if you test positive. Um, that's clearly only if you're, if you're feeling well enough to care from them, for them. For bigger operations, larger operations that, that require multiple people taking care of, of the horses, that means that if you've tested positive, you need to stay home and isolate yourselves, you quarantine yourself from other people and, and alert coworkers that you've tested positive so that they can stay on, on alert for symptoms. Um, the, the regulations may vary on, on place of work and there are recommendations, you know, things like almost every day that with, with slight variations or new recommendation, recommendations that may come from the, the CDC and get transmitted to us uh, either from federal or state government. Uh, but right now, uh, you know, in terms of a, from a purely veterinary perspective, if it's just you taking care of your animals, your animals should be safe even, even if you are testing positive. How important is it for the horseman to have a plan uh, in the event that they would contract the virus? Yeah, I think that's clearly important for all of us. And, and you know, just as we might plan for having a next in command, whether that's our places of employment or, or with child care or, or care of our, of our animals, we need to be thinking about contingency plans. I, I don't think... I think we're we're all hoping for the best, but probably should all plan for the worst. Meaning, there everyone should have some sort of backup or contingency plan in in place. And I think that will depend a lot on the amount of care that the animals need and and how big your operation is and and who else is is working there right now. Um, there are there are some um, some places of, of business that are trying to to deal with, uh, you know, essentially to create separate teams 
so that you know if you have more than one barn or you've got several farms that you're you know that you're operating to think about you know, restricting you know restricting workers to to work in, in teams at those barns so that if someone does become infected and passes that along to others that there may still be a team of people who are you know who are less likely to to contract the disease and may be able to to pitch in and, and help with care of the animals. In addition to maybe setting up teams like you said, what other tips would you give horsemen when putting together a plan uh, of action in the event that they would contract uh, the virus? Yeah, I would say certainly consult the CDC and the Ohio Department of Health websites. Um, they have very good and timely information. And when it comes to care of, of animals, um, please don't be afraid to reach out to us at, at the Ohio State Veterinary Medical Center. Uh, and I think you know, this is when putting together a plan, I, I think we're all struggling a bit because this is a time when we may very much need to rely on our neighbors, friends, and family for contingency plans, but we're also trying to practice strict social distancing, and so this is kind of an odd state of being where we're socially isolated, but also very you know, potentially going to be very reliant on people that are, are around us, especially when it comes to, to care of the animals, but I, I think essentially relying on the, on the most up-to-date resources, um, particularly the CDC and, and Ohio Department of Health. You talked about before worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is someone gets sick and has no one else to care for their horses. What should they do? Yeah, so if they have no one else to care for their, their horses, if they are sick but at home sick and well enough to care for their horses, then that we are not aware of any direct risk of infected humans to horses or other or other animals. Um, but this is truly where developing some sort of contingency plan becomes you know, becomes very important. Uh, and if you become sick, had not had a contingency plan in place, but may be able to, you know, to either enlist neighbors or, you know, even if it came down to it, rescue organizations who might be able to, to help. Um, what we don't know right now is there's been no indication that animals can transmit this disease to humans. Um, but the recommendations, if you are sick and working with your animals, particularly if it's possible that others might be enlisted to help, is that you avoid avoid contact with your animal to the best of your ability, realizing that of course you you still need to care for them, but particularly you know this is I think perhaps comes into play a little bit more with our you know with our our pets in our home, but even with our horses, avoid quite so much contact with you know really petting them, hugging them, um, you know having your your mouth and nose up against their mouth and, and nose um, because it is possible. And again, we, there's, there's a lot that we don't know, but it is possible that your respiratory secretions could be harbored, you know, that, that could get transmitted and essentially harbored in that animal. So even if the animal didn't show signs of, of disease, there could potentially be, be some risk. And again, I, we, we don't know all the, all the details on, on that, but out of an abundance of caution, that's what's being recommended right now um, you know, in terms of, of keeping things sanitized. The one thing that I, I suppose is kind of good news is that uh, animals' hair does not seem to, to be a surface that, that the virus is likely to be transmitted from. It doesn't mean it's no risk, but it is much lower risk than, than hard surfaces. So uh, you know, hard, non-porous surfaces are probably the highest risk of, of transmission of the virus. 
you just talked about sanitizing and everybody seems now to be in this cleaning mode of everything and his horsemen clean areas and that what concerns they should they have regarding the products they're using and the animals uh, yeah so i think horsemen are actually far more prepared for disinfection than the average person out there because many of us are familiar with having strangled outbreaks or horses that, that might have equine influenza and so i i think that actually Horsemen are are thinking through the the disinfection process usually in you know in a in a quite rational way. Um, soap and water are still our best friends all around. Uh, clearly, washing your hands uh, after after contact with people or potentially even unfamiliar animals and and any surfaces. Uh, but that also goes for the surfaces that we're disinfecting. And so you know soap and water to initially clean any surfaces that you need to disinfect, followed by dilute bleach solutions. Um, and you know that would that would also cover the gamut with things like you know like Lysol or, or you know, the familiar household disinfection products. Uh, at at the moment, that's what's being rec- recommended by the CDC is essentially bleach solutions or something similar to that. Uh, and those are ones where none of us need to be breathing them in in, in close contact, but those are quite safe around horses. So if you've disinfected you know, certain areas, stalls, water troughs, and, and many of us have, have probably done this for, for trailers or stalls that, that had a, a you know, horse with some sort of contagious disease, um, once, it's, you know, once it's aired out, that's perfectly safe for, for a horse to be put back into. How has the Ohio State uh, Veterinarian Medical Center uh, weathered the storm so far over there? Have you seen any of your employees, coworkers coming down with symptoms, or has so far everything been okay? Uh, it's affecting us probably like everyone else with a with a lot of general anxiety about uh, about things changing, and the the major things that I guess at, at this very moment are affecting us. Um, one is that we did just find out that there are two employees at the Ohio State University who tested positive, um, not within the veterinary medical center, uh, but I think we all recognize that uh, that that's, it is likely that we will have to deal with that at, at some point. And so right now everyone is is healthy, and those who are you know we are also I think on on high alert. The the people here as well as I, I'm sure. The horsemen out there are used to coming to work no matter what, even if you've got some sniffles or a cough or feeling under the weather, and that's not happening anymore. So anyone who feels even remotely sick or has a bit of a cough is is staying home um, and, and trying to, to practice good social distancing, especially when when sick. Um, the other thing that's been a major change for, for us and, and that um, is trying to do our part in conserving uh, personal protective equipment, so that's particularly masks and gloves, um, but you know, but other other things like suits and and boots and things like that. And there there have been some a lot of shortages in masks and gloves, in part because of of an increased need because of COVID-19, and in part because the supply chain was was disrupted when this first hit China. Uh, and we are gearing up for potentially needing to hand over our equipment to human hospitals um, if, if needed. And, and on the small animal side, we have ventilators that could potentially be used for people. And so trying to get essentially an inventory of everything that we have so that we can be called into action to, to help humans who might be in need. Uh, what that means for us at the, at the Veterinary Medical Center is that 
as of as of this week, we are only going to be seeing emergencies and urgent cases. So we we are not going to be doing any elective surgeries and until you know, we are confident that that there's enough protective equipment for for everyone, particularly humans. Um, and we are also trying to limit traffic through the hospital. And so we we are starting to ask that people wait in their trucks or their cars um, and and call us and we will come out to get your animal and then bring it in essentially just to minimize human contact as best we can. What are some of the best sources of information that people can go to to keep up to date, not only for themselves, but also for uh, their animals as well uh, regarding this? Yeah, so I think I've already referenced the the CDC is really an excellent source of information, and they that is a source of good information for for yourself if you're feeling ill or wondering what the next steps are in terms of contacting your doctor or getting testing. And they also have a page that's dedicated to animals and corona coronavirus, and and so that's through the through a link on www.cdc.gov. Um, the state of Ohio has also been doing a really good job of keeping everyone informed and following recommendations from the medical experts, and they have a link uh, on on their website, ohio.gov, uh, that links you to COVID-19 updates through the Ohio Department of Health. Uh, and then for people that are more interested in the details on the on the veterinary medical aspect of things, the American Veterinary Medical Association is is frequently updating their web pages and so that's what we're referring our veterinarians to is is the they they have a a link on the avma.org site uh, that that links to recommendations and answers questions about covid-19 and and animals well, Dr. Mudge, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Dr. Margaret Mudge, a professor of equine surgery at the Ohio State Veterinary Medical Center, joining us today on our Top of the Stretch podcast. Dr. Mudge, thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association.